Welcome to the Riverside Church Podcast. We hope today's message encourages you and strengthens your walk with God. Enjoy the message. If you don't know me, my name is Caleb Slaw. You can call me um, CJ. I'm one of the pastors here at Riverside Church. And I'm excited uh, for this message. I'm excited for tonight. Uh, we are going to be um, speaking out of Daniel chapter 3. And um, now this is a... Um, a very common story. Uh, if you ever went to uh, Sunday school, you know the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Now, I'm going to so- say those names a lot, uh, so I might, I don't know, I might shorten them. I don't know. We'll see what happens. But I'm going to be saying those names a lot. Uh, but where we pick up, if you don't know the context of the scripture in um, chapter 3, verse 16, is that King Nebuchadnezzar made a decree um, saying that if anybody in the country does not bow down um, to the statue I made of gold at the sound of the trumpets, if they do not bow down and worship uh, the statue, then I will cast them into uh, the pit of fire, into, uh, into the fire where they were burned. Now, we know these guys, Sadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They were Jewish men who were um, in captive in Babylon. They were not from there. They're Jewish, but they're uh, in Babylon, and they actually have high titles. They actually have found favor in the sight of God, but they had a conviction. Everybody saying conviction. They had a conviction which was not to worship any other idol or God except for the one true God. That was their conviction, and because of that, they got in trouble by the king because they were not bowing down uh, to the statue of gold. And that's where we pick up in verse 13. And so it says this, Then Nebuchadnezzar flew into a rage and ordered that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego be brought before him. And when they were brought in, Nebuchadnezzar said to them, Is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? that you refuse to serve my gods or to worship the gold statue I've set up? He said, I will give you one more chance to bow down and to worship the statue I have made when you hear the sound of the musical instruments. But if you refuse, everybody say refuse, you will be thrown immediately into the blazing furnace. And in what God will be able to rescue you from my power? The title for tonight, the, what we'll be talking about tonight, is Convictions That Don't Crack. Convictions That Don't Crack. Let's pray over this service tonight. Let's do this together. Father, we thank you for gathering us tonight. God, we thank you that we're here for another reason than to give you worship and praise and to learn more about your spirit, Jesus. We're here for you, God. So have your way. Let miracles, signs, and wonders take place. God, let addiction fall off. Let anxiety, Father, be broken. God, let depression, God, cease in this atmosphere, Father. If there's anything that doesn't line up with your spirit, we cast it out right now because we're here for you, Jesus. And we want to learn about you. We want to talk about you. We want to be able to gather an atmosphere that's all about you. So, Jesus, have your way. Let your will be done. And, Father, we thank you that the Astros are currently up 9-1 to in the bottom of the ninth inning, Jesus. Thank you. Let us go back with a 3-2 lead in Houston. In the name of Jesus. And everybody says, amen, amen. Give Jesus a hand clap of praise. I better not look back at that score and somehow the Red Sox came back. I'd be like, I'm never talking about the Astros again. I'm never doing it. Um, so hopefully it's over. I don't know. I try not to te- check it, get my mind confused. God, give me concentration. So we're talking about conviction tonight. We're looking at the story of Sadrach, Meshach, and Abednego because they had a conviction that didn't crack under pressure. See, a lot of us, we have convictions. A lot of us, we have things we stick to. But the moment it gets hard, the moment there's pressure, the moment we say, okay, like, uh, we start making excuses. But we're taking a look at the story about these young guys who 
under pressure, they still stuck to their conviction and, and admire after that. So that's what we're going to be talking about uh, tonight. But before I go any further, let's talk about what a conviction is and isn't. Because we can be confused at times. But firstly, conviction is not a product of religion. Conviction is not a product of religion. It's not birthed out of rules and regulation. Conviction comes from a place of you having a relationship with Jesus and spending time with his presence in prayer and rooted in the word of God. That's where convictions come from. Because sometimes people can come up to us and start trying to cast their convictions upon us. Have you ever met those people who starts trying to say all these rules and regulations? And if that's that person and they're trying to cast their conviction upon you, but they don't have a relationship with God, that's not conviction, that's religion. Secondly, there's a difference between conviction and condemnation. There's a difference. Conviction comes from God. Condemnation comes from the enemy. Conviction makes us feel hopeless or hopeful. Condemnation makes us feel hopeless. Conviction makes us uh, come closer to forgiveness and makes us come closer to repentance. Condemnation makes us turn to rebellion. You see, what conviction is, it comes from God. And what conviction says is that there's still time. There's still hope to turn around and come to God. That's conviction. Condemnation says you made too many mistakes. It's all on you. You're hopeless. You're off track. You might as well turn your back on God because it's too late for you. So there's a difference between conviction and condemnation, but conviction comes from God. And lastly, um, so we're going to be talking about conviction, but for any political junkies in the room, we're, we're not talking about conviction that is steered towards the political spectrum. We're talking about convictions. We're talking about having the conviction in our heart that when we're in the workplace and we have coworkers beginning to gossip and beginning to, 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 to be rude to you, that you have the conviction to stick to your kindness even under that pressure. I'm talking about a conviction that when you're at your house all alone and you don't think anybody will know or see, but you still have the conviction not to go to that website or not to do things you know not to do. I'm talking that kind of conviction. I'm talking about a conviction that doesn't collapse or crack under pressure. I'm talking about a conviction that is free of, of intimidation. A conviction that even under persecution, a conviction that stands firm. A conviction that says, I'm, I'm so committed to the name of Jesus that even when things get tough, I still have a conviction. Do you all hear what I'm saying tonight? Let's build a conviction like Sadrach, Meshach, and Abednego that even under the pressure, they still stuck to their conviction because here's the thing. It's the reason why it's titled a conviction that doesn't crack because if you let your conviction crack, eventually it will crumble. It starts as a little crack. It starts as a little excuse. It starts as a little saying, well, I'll just do this this one time, and I won't do it again. It starts like that, but then eventually it will crumble, and eventually it will come to the point where there was convictions we used to have. But because we let them crack, they crumbled, and we don't even know where they went anymore. We don't even have that conviction anymore. So we're turning to Daniel chapter 3, verse 16. Now, this is after um, King Nebuchadnezzar made all those things and threats. And, and this is after he said, what God can save you from my power? Now, look at how they respond in verse 16. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied, Oh, Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend. Everybody say defend. Ourselves before you. I like how it, how it says that scripture in the King James, King James Version, the 
very complicated version, but it says it like this in King James. It said, we don't even, we don't even have to be careful about our answer to you. Like, basically what they're saying is like, look, I don't even need to make excuses or explain or defend myself to you. Because sometimes when we are talking about our convictions, we are very quickly, when pressure comes, we very quickly go to excuses. Because, see, Sadrach, Meshach, and Abednego could have simply, very quickly, could have said, okay, they could have gone to the king, and they could have gathered together, and the king made all those threats, and they could have gathered, like, okay, guys, I know we have this conviction and everything. Like, I really do, but the king seems really serious right now, and if you think about it, like, technically, that gold statue he made, like, technically, if we bow down to it, it won't be us worshiping it. It will just be us obeying our king, and so they could have, like, easily made excuses about their convictions to line up with the world, because sometimes we can, like, when the pressure comes and the things are coming against us, we go, oh, well, you know what, technically, if we do do that, I mean, you know, like, we seem to go to excuses, or, like, have you ever had a conviction about a diet? Am I the only one? And you're driving down the road, and you see Chick-fil-A, and then you start making excuses. You're like, well, technically, chicken's healthy. I mean, you know, technically. And so we have this habit of when we get into a conviction and then pressure comes, we start making excuses. But they didn't do that. They said to the king, say, they said, look, we are not even careful about how we answer you because we're not going to try to make excuses. We're not going to try to defend ourselves. We're not even going to try to explain all this because our convictions, there's not even a chance of you talking us out of it. See, we need to have a conviction that doesn't have any excuses tied to it. We need to have a conviction that doesn't have strings attached to say, hey, look, I'm going to follow this conviction unless this happens or this happens. We have to build a conviction in our lives that says it doesn't matter what happens. I'm sticking to this conviction. I'm sticking to what God is telling me to do. I'm sticking to the word of God. Y'all hear me in this place tonight, church. I'm sticking to my convictions. And so they say that to the king, and they weren't making excuses because at times what we do is it's really easy to stick to convictions when they're convenient like when the conviction's convenient i mean it's easy when it doesn't cost you anything when your conviction doesn't cost nothing it's it's easy to stick to it but when things get inconvenient that's when god takes a look at what we're going to do when things have to come down to a choice of what are we going to follow God or follow the world or follow this or follow that, the word of God or what man is saying, what are we going to do? That is when God takes a look at us. And that's point number one is that convictions aren't just for when it's convenient. Convictions aren't just for when it's convenient. Their conviction, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, of not worshiping any false idols was convenient for them up until the point the king made that decree. It became really inconvenient to have that conviction. And they could have easily made excuses. They could have easily tried to change it around. But when things got inconvenient, they still chose to follow after God. I believe that when we make choices that are inconvenient to us but are intentional with God, that's how we show God how much we care about him. That's how we show God, look, I'm putting you first above my own desires. When you do that, you know what it means to make God Lord over your life? You know what that means? We say it a lot. It's saying to God, I'm putting you number one over everything. 
It doesn't matter what. It doesn't matter who. You're number one. You go first. You're first on my mind. When I'm making a decision, I don't think about this. I don't think about that. I don't think about anything else than what does God want me to do. That's making God Lord over your life. And so Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they understood that. And so when they saw they had that conviction, and when it became inconvenient, they still chose God. Yes, here's the thing, church family. If we're only sticking to our convictions when they're convenient, we'll never be consistent. We will never be consistent in our convictions. Because if, if we only follow when it's convenient, like if you ever followed a diet when it was only convenient, who knows, it doesn't last long. Because at one point you're like, well, you know, meal prepping, I mean, takes forever, inconvenient, and before we know it, we're out of it, but if we have a conviction that even when things get inconvenient, we still stick to the path, that's when you see God start doing things in your life because you're putting him first. So we go on in verse 17. Now they're having this conversation, and sometimes I, in verse 17, I think they're very sarcastic. Well, I'm a sarcastic person, so I view everything sarcastically. But this is how they, they go in 17. They said, if we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God whom we serve is able to save us. He will rescue us. Everybody say rescue us from your power, your majesty. That's where I think the, the um, sarcasm comes in. But see, they were convinced. They were convinced that their God could save them. They were convinced. Nobody could tell them otherwise. The word conviction is not found in the Bible. We use it a lot. It's not found in the Bible. But where we get it from in the Bible is from the Greek word that means convince. See, conviction, what it is, and convince and convict is, is that we are convinced about who our God is. For you to have a conviction, you have to be convinced about who God is in your life. Because if you're not convinced about who God is in your life, you're easily going to turn your back on the conviction. But if you're convinced that God's mercies is new every morning, if you're convinced that his grace is sufficient, if you're convinced about the goodness of God, you're not going to turn your back on it because you got to be convinced. See, they were fully convinced that their God was good. They were fully convinced that their God was able. They were fully convinced that it didn't matter what they did. As long as they followed after God, he would take care of them. They were convinced, fully convinced. There's been times in my life, I know times in your life, where God has done things for you that you're fully convinced. Nobody can talk you out of God anymore. Nobody can say, oh, God's not real or God's not for you or you don't have a purpose. You're going to say, look, I'm already convinced. You came to me too late. I've seen God heal too many times. I've seen God do too many things in my life, too many miracles. I'm too convinced to turn my back on him now. And that's the mindset they had. And they, and they looked at the king and they said, look, they said, our God. They said, our God is greater. We've got to be convinced that our God is greater than the problems in front of us. We have to be convinced because if we think that fire is too hot for God, as soon as the heat gets turned up, we're, we're going to turn our back. But if we're convinced that God is greater, it doesn't matter the capacity of the pressure, we were going to follow after God. Are, are y'all hearing what I'm saying tonight? And he goes, verse 18. And this gets me fired up as well. But they say, but even if he doesn't, referring to God, even if he doesn't, we want to make it clear. Everybody say clear. They say, we want to make it clear to you, your majesty, that we will never serve your gods or worship the gold statue you have set up. They looked at him and said, even if this doesn't work out, even if God doesn't do what, what we think he should do or 
be convenient to us, even if that doesn't happen, let me tell you something. We're not going to go against our convictions. You can throw all these things at us, but we're not going to go against what God has told us to do. Now, look, they, didn't, they, they weren't questioning God's ability in that moment. They weren't saying that God's not able to save us from this fire. They weren't saying that. But what they were saying is God's, they weren't questioning his ability, but they weren't acting like they knew everything that God knew. They, they didn't act like they knew God's will. What they were saying is, I know my God is able, but I also know God is all-knowing. I also know that he, his ways are above my ways. His plans are above my plans. also know that his mysteries are beyond my understanding. So if that's true, I'm going to trust his plan no matter what, even if it doesn't line up with my will. They said, even if he doesn't, I want to make it clear to you. Everybody say clear. He said, I want to make it clear to you because something that we have to do in our lives, we have to make our convictions clear. You have to know what you stand for. You have to know what you believe in. You have to know, you have to have convictions that are clear in your life. And that's point number two is make your convictions clear. Now, notice, not clear to others, others, and maybe others too. Not clear to others, but clear to yourself. Not clear in the sense of I'm going to tell you what I can and can't. I'm, no, clear to yourself because you got to know what you stand for. Because if you don't know what you stand for, you're going to fall for anything. But if you have convictions in your life and you say, no, I know not to do that. I know what the word of God says. I, I, I know I, I shouldn't do those things in my past anymore. I got these convictions now that keep me straight on the path that God has for me. And I'm not going to turn my back on them because they're clear in my mind. But if you don't know for certain what, what, what your convictions are, you can be easily confused. You can be easily confused if your convictions aren't clear. You can be easily confused. Like if Sadrach, Meshach, and Abednego didn't fully understand what it meant to not serve any other idol uh, but the one true God, if they were confused about that, they could have easily been confused and gone against their convictions, but they were clear and they knew. And because they made it clear, they were able to communicate it and say, look, I know what I believe in. I know what my convictions are. I'm not going back on it. In verse 19, they said all this to the king, and he got upset. It said, Nebuchadnezzar was so furious with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego that his face became distorted with rage. He commanded that the furnace be heated seven times hotter than usual. Then he ordered some of the strongest men of his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and throw them into the blazing furnace. So they tied him up and threw him into the furnace, fully dressed in their pants, turbans, robes, and other garments. And because the king in his anger, everybody say anger, had demanded such a hot fire in the furnace, the flames even killed the soldiers as they threw the three men in. This fire was hot. You know what angers the enemy the most? It doesn't anger the enemy when he sees you succeeding in your own will. Matter of fact, the enemy encourages us following after our flesh and encourages success in our flesh. He actually wants that for our lives. And that should give you something to think about when you see people in this world who are acting like devils but living like kings. Don't think it's because of God, but it's because they're doing things like the devil wants them to do. So the enemy is not angered when you succeed according to your own will. What does anger the enemy is when you succeed according to God's will. That makes him turn up the fire. 
That makes him so upset because he knows that you living in the will of God, that is what's going to lead to blessings beyond measure. That's what's going to leave it to eternity in heaven. He knows what happens when you follow after God. So he's fine with you succeeding in your own will. But when you start following after God and blessings, that last generation starts coming into your life, that's when he turns up the heat. So when things start getting hot in life, don't turn on your convictions then. Maybe you're just at the tip. Maybe that's when you're starting to do something right in your life, and the enemy's trying to get you back on your old past, back in the old life, or doing whatever you want to do. So don't be confused when you see people succeeding who aren't living for God, because the enemy loves to see that. The enemy wants that to happen. But when you follow after God, and you begin to live according to the convictions that you feel, and you begin to follow after his presence, you're going to begin to see blessings in your life. And the enemy is going to want to turn up the heat. The enemy is going to want to put on the pressure on you. Wants to make, he's going to make you have to choose who your friends are going to be, who this, who's that. He's going to make you choose all these things and to make you crumble under the, under the pressure. But what we're talking about tonight is let's build a conviction that even when that pressure comes, because we know them clearly and because we have a relationship with Jesus, we're going to stand by those convictions. And we say, God, I'm going to follow after you. I'm going to choose you. Even when the hot gets turned up when the when things get 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 heat gets turned up i'm still gonna follow after you and in verse 23 so sadrach meshach and abednego this when things get so awesome securely tied fell into the warring flames but suddenly nebuchadnezzar jumped in amazement and exclaimed to his advisors, didn't we tie up three men and throw them into the furnace? Yes, your majesty, we certainly did, they replied. Look, Nebuchadnezzar said, I see four men unbound, walking around in the fire unharmed. And he said, the, he said, the fourth looks like a god. In the King James Version, he said the fourth looks like the Son of God. Nebuchadnezzar, who, pagan worshiper, who put himself above everything, he put the test to people's convictions. And when they stuck by, he didn't want nothing to do with them. But when he saw what God was doing for them, he said there's a fourth man in there. Not only that, it was Jesus was with them in their greatest trial. You want to know why it's worth it following after Jesus? Because he'll never leave us. People will fade. Things will go away, but Jesus will never leave us. Even in our greatest trial and storm, Jesus will still be there with us. Even when things are falling down, even things are going away, we got, when we stick to God, God will never leave us. That's why we can't turn our back on him. Even when things are getting crazy, even when, when there's so much division, whatever what's going on, no, let's stick with Jesus. And let's not point fingers at people. Let's not try to build division and walls. No, let's stick to Jesus. Let's stick to our conviction of love, of kindness. It doesn't matter what's going on in this world. We're not going to conform our convictions to this world. We're not going to conform our values to this world. We're not going to make excuses for our beliefs in Jesus, but instead we're going to follow after him no matter what. And if you do that, I'm telling you, church, there won't be a trial you won't get through. There won't be a fire you won't walk on. And God's going to bring us through everything, all because we chose him when it was inconvenient. We chose him over everything. And that's the kind of God we serve. Who's glad we serve that kind of God? That no matter what, see, it's, it's the conviction of the, of the believer to follow after Jesus even when it's not convenient. That's really the conviction of the believer. 
that when we're in the workplace and people are, are bad-mouthing the church or bad-mouthing Christianity or, or trying to make you fill in on that, no, it's the conviction of the believer to not respond out of hate or anger. It's the conviction of the believer, hey, it's not convenient right now to be kind but I'm still going to be kind to them. It's not convenient right now to show love to somebody who's, who has all this hate, but you know what? It's the conviction of the believer to do that. You know, uh, all these things are going on right now in the world, and we could easily draw lines and, and add to the fire of hate, but instead it's the conviction of the believer. You say, no, we choose peace, we, we choose life, and we choose Jesus. And we're going to follow after him even when things are inconvenient. We're still going to stick to our conviction Falling after Jesus, saying yes to him, making sure that our family is in church, making sure that we're doing things right in the workplace, that even when things are inconvenient, we're going to still stick to our convictions. Amen, church, who agrees with me tonight. Y'all can stand to y'all's feet. I'm, I'm, cl I'm closing. I'm closing. In verse 26, to close out this story. Then Nebuchadnezzar came as close as he could to the to door of the flaming furnace and shouted, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the Most High God, come out. Come here. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego stepped out of the fire. Then the high officers, officials, governors, and advisors crowded around him, and they saw the fire had not touched them. Not a hair on their heads was singed, and their clothing was not scorched. They didn't even smell of smoke. Nothing was burned on them except for the ropes that was around them. They were in this fire that was burning everything. It should have burned them up, but it didn't touch their clothes nor their hair, but it burnt their bounds around them. Sometimes when we go through fires with Jesus, it's not meant for us to get hurt, but it's meant for our bounds to get burned. It's meant for the things that have been holding us back to fall off us. Sometimes it takes us to go through a storm with Jesus to realize that he is the one who should lead us. Sometimes it takes us to go through a trial with him to realize that if I keep him close, that's when things are going to work out for me. It takes those types of things to unpack unbelief in our lives, to get rid of all the, all the fear. It takes to, to go through situations with Jesus. And look what they say next. Then Nebuchadnezzar said, Praise to the God of Sadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Man. Nebuchadnezzar, who 10 minutes ago was a pagan worshiper, is now saying praise to the God of Sadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Why? Because they stuck to their conviction. They could have easily conformed to the world. They could have easily conformed to what everybody else was doing, but because they stuck to their convictions... They didn't conform to the world. The world conformed to the kingdom of heaven. That's what I believe that is our jobs as the church. Not for us to conform to the world, but for us to be a people of conviction. For us to be a people who says, you know what, even when things get tough, I'm still going to be kind. Even when people are spitting in my face, I'm still going to love. Why? Because I got a conviction. I got a conviction that's not built on convenience. I got a conviction that's not built for whenever things, uh, how shit and easy they are. No, I have a conviction that's built on the name of Jesus. And let us be a church. Let Riverside be a church that has conviction. To stand up for what's right. To not try to force people, not try to add to the noise, but instead be what it says, like a, a light in the darkness. 
for us to be the people who say, no, look, you still have a choice. Jesus is available to you. Don't let the world confuse you. You have a choice. Have a church, a type of conviction. And he said, he sent his angel to rescue his servants who trusted him. Everybody say trusted. They defied the king's commands and were willing to die rather than serve or worship any god except your own god. I want to close with this point tonight. Is that convictions are not our constraints of religion, but our confidence in God. Convictions are not our constraints of religion, but our confidence in God. What I mean by that is don't look at convictions as boundaries, as walls, as ways to keep you out. But look at it as a way to be confident in God. To know that if I trust after Him, that if I trust His Word, if I trust His voice, if I trust His ways, He's going to make things happen in my life beyond belief. He's going to make miracles, signs, and wonders become a normal thing in my life. Why? Because I chose to follow after the convictions in my life. Convictions isn't religion. Conviction is built off a relationship with Jesus. What I want us to do tonight before we leave is, with every head bowed and eyes closed, I I want us to begin to think about Jesus for a little bit. And begin to think about some convictions that we're letting crack. Begin to think about convictions that we let crumble. And say, God, it's not too late to build them back. It's not too late to go back to that closeness that we had. It's not, it's not too late for us to stick to our convictions. It's not too late for us. Here's what I love about Jesus. It doesn't matter how many steps we took in the wrong direction. All it takes is one right step in the right direction, and we're back in the will of God. We're back where God wants us to be. So begin to just ask Jesus, God, where am I, where am I doing wrong? What, where am I letting my conviction crack? God, I want to make sure that I'm doing everything you asked me to do. I want to make sure that I'm not making excuses. I want to make sure that I'm not trying to get out of of, of ways of falling after you. But God, I want to stick to my conviction. I want to make sure that I live a life where when people look at me, they see that we are people of conviction, that we respond in love, we respond in kindness, that it doesn't matter what the world is up to, but we're sticking to the Word of God. We're sticking to what God wants us to do in this place. So Holy Spirit, begin to stir us up. Begin to stir us up on the inside, God. Begin to transform our minds. Begin to show us in clarity, Father, of what we should do, God, because we have to be a people with conviction. We can't conform to the world. We can't conform to the things that people are saying, but we have to stick to the convictions that God is telling us to do. And that doesn't mean religion or rules or regulations, but that means the Word of God. That means a relationship with Jesus. That means I'm going to spend time in prayer every day. Why? Because it's a conviction to pray with God every day. It means, God, I'm going I'm to respond in kindness no matter what. Why? Because I'm convicted as a Christian to always respond like Jesus would respond. Why? Because I want to grow closer to Jesus and be his hands and feet. Jesus, have your way in this place. Have your way in this place, God. Where every head bowed. Where every hand lifted, we're going to begin to sing. And I just want us to begin to create an atmosphere of praise, an atmosphere of worship, to welcome the Holy Spirit in our lives. 
And this is, if you said, I've never felt this before, I don't know what to do next, just begin to listen to Jesus. He will begin to talk. He will begin to communicate. Begin to follow after him. Let your walls down. Step outside your comfort zone. And they say, God, it's me and you right now. Jesus, is just you and me. Draw a circle around yourself and say, God, I want to hear from you. I want to touch from the Holy Spirit. I want to make sure I don't leave this place as the same person as I walked in as. But God, I need a touch from you. Come on, let's begin to sing. Thank you for listening to today's message. If you liked what you heard, be sure to subscribe and share it with a friend. For more information about who we are, visit RiversideChurchTX.com.